0: Percent. The news from RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about possible ways to boost the bar and restaurant sector, which is continuing to face difficulties. Last week, the Castello Concepts Group closed nine of its restaurants, several of them long established, affecting about 130 employees. The bar industry is also reporting a fall in business, even as the economy recovers from the pandemic period and visitors begin to return. A surge in outbound travel and a change in consumer habits are being cited as reasons as operators seek ways to turn matters around. After 9.45 we'll have a roundup of uh, Chief Executive John Lee's visit to Southeast Asia. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 Joining us now in our studio here in Kowloon Tong, we have uh, Jermaine Lau, who's uh, Secretary of the Licensed Bar and Club Association of Hong Kong, and Simon Wong, President of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades. Uh, uh, Good morning to you both. Um, Good morning, uh, Jim. Good good morning. Perhaps, um, uh, Jermaine, if we can start with you. So uh, the Financial Secretary is... uh, Uh, writing on his blog talking about um, um, economic recovery, although there was a warning that the figures for the second quarter may not be as much as for the first. But what's the situation now uh, facing the bar industry?
2: So uh, we have seen a more obvious decline in the business performance for bars after Chinese New Year since um, the end of COVID regulations and uh, travel restrictions, with uh, many Hong Kong people not being able to travel for almost three years. um, Everyone is excited and planning their next travel, which meant that they're more inclined to spend their money on overseas travels than in Hong Kong. Also, Mm. with um, mainland China's uh, blooming nightlife industry recovering again, we can also see that there is a trend of Hong Kong people traveling to mainland China for the weekend to um, drink and dine, which can also cause a major drop in businesses for the past um, recent months after COVID. So yeah. these are the trends that we've been seeing.
1: Yeah, so local people are going to Tokyo and Shenzhen rather yeah. than uh, Yeah. Um, how about uh, in the restaurant sector, Simon? Is it a similar story?
3: My attitude situation is similar. And uh, uh, you know upon the uh, announcement of the uh, border opening uh, in February, uh, we expect that um, there would be a boost of uh, tourists coming uh, from mainland to yeah. Hong Kong and um, also we are expecting um, more overseas uh, travelers Um, but um, well actually after the border opens um, uh, there are uh, more tourists coming to hong kong but the thing is uh, right now uh, we only uh, uh, have about 40 or 50 percent of the number of tourists coming from mainland to hong kong which Mm -hmm. is uh, you know compared to uh, pre-covid time Uh, This is uh, quite a big drop uh, in the number of tourists. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, one issue is that um, uh, a lot of uh, Hong Kong people, uh, as Jermaine said, uh, uh, has been going to uh, Shenzhen or other uh, GBA uh, cities uh, for the weekends. Uh, When we see that um, over 200,000 people Going to into mainland, uh, and, you know, uh, during the uh, uh, weekend, uh, uh, you know, Friday two hundred thousand, Saturday three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is really hurting our uh, catering business uh, in general. And the thing is, um, you know, uh, the economy in Hong Kong actually has not been recovered uh, as expected. And um, accordingly, uh, uh, you know, during this time, we, while well, some restaurants uh, did have some business, because uh, if they are uh, doing banquet business, um, you know, this type of business still can uh, sustain. Um, you know, quite quite well in the first few months, uh, but afterwards, after uh, people have been uh, doing all the weddings, uh, of course, there are ongoing wedding banquets, but um, you know, uh, but it's not not as uh, booming as before. Um, and then uh, we see that uh, you know, particularly uh, um, at night time, uh, when we when the restaurants close down uh, earlier. Uh, sometimes if if you go to into a restaurant if you uh, be uh, well after uh, eight thirty uh, then um, uh, the manager or the uh, operator in the restaurant would tell you no our last order is at nine o 'clock mm. so <laughs> it's kind of what, uh, in terms of
4: volume <laughs> I, 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 would you say business has dropped uh, or it's just we it hasn 't recovered as quickly as you hoped?
3: That's right. Um, Actually, we see that the uh, business for the catering industry um, uh, has dropped by about fifteen to twenty percent, you know, compared to uh, pre-COVID. In some cases, um, of course, uh, there are some rebound of business, um, particularly uh, for a few days when the uh, consumption voucher uh, being uh, distributed to every citizen, um, but after a few days, um, the situation um, you know turned around, and um, we see uh, you know still a, a quite quiet uh, business in, in our industry. Uh, I'm going
4: go, to go to Germaine's point about. <coughs> Revenge travel. Um, <laughs> yes. We we were locked up for three yeah. years, right? Uh, without going to court, we hadn't even done anything wrong. I mean, and,
2: I'm excited for travelling again myself as well. So, right?
4: It's so, do you, normal. But this is ought to be a temporary phenomenon. That is, six months, we all rush, we all rush to to Tokyo, very uh, uh, or or Bangkok or Singapore, um, but we'll get over that
2: hopefully we will but at the same time as i mentioned like um in GPA and also in shenzhen like um uh, uh the nightlife industry over there is a lot more uh developed than hong kong and they have all these big fancy malls which uh have special promotions for hong kong citizens as well so that has been quite a challenge for The industry i've got to
4: confess i've been to (laughs) shenzhen twice just for dinner
2: oh (laughs) (laughs)
4: because the the transportation is so good
2: yeah it's so much more convenient now i can
4: get from hong kong island to shenzhen and across the border in almost no time at all and and see my son and grandson and have dinner together and then then come back on the same day i mean it's not I don't have to stay so the I, night, though.
3: Actually, it's quite quite uh, challenging. And uh, for myself, I go to the GBA know, well, once every week uh, to meet my uh, staff uh, in Guangzhou and also in Shenzhen. You know, it's only you know I, I I go in the morning and then come back uh, you know in the evening. Yep. So how how can we uh, you know uh, keep uh, Hong Kong people stay in Hong Kong and spend their money? Well, I think.
4: I think partly this is a phenomenon because of the end of Covid and people have reacted to that. Things will come back into more of a balance later. But especially your point Simon about restaurants, people got in the habit of uh, restaurant closing early so if you're not it almost florida hours uh, for senior <laughs> citizens you know? and if you if you can't place your order by 6 p.m. you better better go home and eat that that will gradually fade but how can we how can we tip that uh, speed up that process
3: wow well, it's uh, quite challenging you know the, during covid we had uh, been suffering for uh, 3 years and uh, during that time, uh, the habit um, of our uh, spending and, and also our living habit has changed. And um, for example, I I I think you are also a great chef now. <laughs> you can cook in your home. Uh, you can just uh, you know dial a number and ask um, you know delivery service to to your apartment. And um, you know that that is hurting our. Uh, 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 business quite a bit, you know. Yeah, I must admit, I
4: I can really only do poached eggs on toast, which is not <laughs> a huge threat to the uh, <laughs> restaurant industry. But yes, I, I have been cooking more. Uh, got into that habit during the three years. That's right.
3: Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, uh, this this change of um, habit in our lifestyle uh, in our li- uh, lifestyle actually have been uh, hurting the. Uh, not only the catering business but also the uh, retail business and also the bar business um, have been suffering on that and, how
4: about how's yeah. the staffing situation are the staff happy or you can't get enough staff
2: what's happening so for the bar industry i think it's um resuming back to normal in terms of its we uh we did have a difficulty in terms of hiring people but now we do see it's getting better and we're um close to being back to normal i'd assume so um yeah so mm. so staffing not staffing's not so, not so bad anymore compared to um covid right. times yeah
1: just going back to the financial secretary in his uh, blog entry yesterday so he was talking about uh, the need for more creative marketing strategies and activities uh, better products and services uh, developing a new impetus for consumption growth in enhancing Hong Kong's uh, competitiveness and attractiveness as a tourist destination and event capital. So there's, uh, there's, there's a lot to think over oh, there. What can you, uh, what, S- what, what, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, Jermaine, uh, d- 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 how do you think that <laughs> the, you know, the, the bar industry, I mean, what, what can you do to, you know, make yourselves more attractive?
2: I think, um, well, I think uh, during COVID with um, the regulations, bars and nightclubs were forced to Close and we had our subsidy, which kept our businesses afloat for a period of time during COVID when we can't operate. But now that things are resuming back to normal, I mean, without the subsidy, the businesses, the volume of it is still not um, as it was. And uh, I think also, um, I think with the regulations of having bars and nightclubs to be closed during the time of COVID, it kind of gave a misconception to Hong Kong citizens about nightclubs or bars being um, a reason uh, to Mm. make COVID contagious and Mm. all that kind of stuff. So Mm. I think uh, in terms of how we can actually boost uh, business and make Hong Kong um, a nightlife um, capital or uh, an event capital, I think um, we should actually try and uh, alleviate the misconception that nightclubs are not exactly a healthy thing how, to society How about a discount
4: mm. for meals for the order is placed after 9pm <laughs> <laughs> because you're saying people have stopped well, eating late
3: if, if we can afford that mm. I'm just thinking you,
4: to jerk mm. people back into the old Yeah, of course
3: uh, we, are, we, are, we have been uh, doing a lot of um, you know, I, I don't know whether it's a creative uh, concept or not but uh, uh, we have been doing a lot of uh, offers and uh, you know, discounts to uh, our consumers, um, but the thing is, um, you know, uh, while well, during the fifth wave of COVID, uh, when we see that more than three thousand five hundred restaurants temporarily closed. Uh, of course, uh, later on uh, they reopen, but you know, that's already hurting the business a lot. And also uh, there are a lot of uh, youngs- youngsters, young people open, uh, you know, very small uh, operations like the little cafes, something like that. And um, this is, well, they also get into uh, a kind of uh, a battlefield. Uh, in in this uh, industry, and um, you know, I, I I also see that um, uh, some newly opened restaurants or cafes um, have been closing down in the past month. Um, this is uh, not easy uh, to sustain the business in the way that we are, uh, you know, the, facing a lot of challenges and competitions. Uh, among um the local market as well as uh the uh competition uh from uh, from the mainland um when we go to the g b a um, for every city you can see there are a lot of uh, new things coming out there are new um Uh, dishes, new menus, new operation uh, strategies, you know, they're very creative, but how can Hong Kong, if we are now in a suffering stage, uh, some um, establishments or restaurants are still fighting for their survival, Uh, can they have uh, some creative ideas? Uh, probably if under a lot of pressure, they might, have, they might think of something, um, you know, uh, to, to survive. Uh, but this is not the way um, to do, um, you know, a normal business. Mm-hmm.
4: What about landlords, Jermaine? <laughs> Are landlords being reasonable on rent? Are they organizing big campaigns to get visitors?
2: Uh, uh, the business, as the economy is... Um Resuming and going back to normal, I think uh, without government subsidy back then, like it has been quite a big operational cost and uh, for for um, the industry in terms of rents and all that. So yes, <laughs> but, but, I, mean, I mean, it is yeah. reasonable, I assume, but yeah, that, that, it's that, that, still that, kind of yeah. hefty on us. That was a
1: timely question actually, Mike, because uh, a couple of comments here from listeners, one from Marcus, one from another Mike. Um, essentially criticizing landlords, uh, calling them greedy and uh, including the government in, the, in, in those comments there. Um, is there, is there um, obviously uh, agreement between um, premises and uh, landlords, uh, private contracts, but um, is there anything that you can do, anything you can do to try to persuade landlords to um, you know, be more helpful if, uh, if a business is uh, struggling? What can you do?
3: Well, it's kind of hard. Um, Well, for my operation, I have about uh, uh, 20-some outlets. And um, during COVID, uh, some landlords, they're quite kind, I would say, uh, because they would lower the rent um, for us. And um, that helped a little bit. Um, but after um, COVID, uh, you know the rent uh, al- already jumped back, and um, lately uh, there's a landlord. Um, well, they increase our rent by thirty percent. Um, that is absurd. That is really bad. <laughs> so, you know how how can you f- uh, you know negotiate mm. with a landlord who is also greedy? Mm. Um, <clears throat> Well, on the other hand, of course, the landlord uh, also uh, needs some income. Um, if they are not, uh, you know, uh, big developers, uh, if they are just individual, um, you know, small landlord, they, then they are, well, they have to uh, earn the money from the rent and then pay uh, mortgage to the bank. Uh, this is one, um, you know, chicken and egg issue.
4: Yeah. Mm. What about what, some mm. of the big developers, can't they get all their tenants together and and organize a some sort of campaign, marketing effort to get people coming into to restaurants throughout the evening? You would think there'd be a spillover effect for the retail shops as well. Um, because mm. if if there aren't many peak customers in the building after 8 8 p.m., the shops are also suffering. Yeah. Can they do things? Uh,
3: Actually, some uh, developers um, uh, have been doing a lot of campaigns, um, like in shopping malls. Uh, They work with um, catering industries and also the retail industries to offer um, uh, some kind of uh, consumer voucher for uh, uh, the visitors uh, who come into the shopping malls. Uh, that helps a bit, and um, but the thing is, uh, we have to see um, the, uh, the the difficulties from the origin because how can we keep the Hong Kong people stay in in Hong Kong and spend their money here uh, instead of uh, going uh, across the border and go to Suncheon and other places to spend their money? You have to compete yeah we have to compete but uh, we have to have some bullets mm-hmm.
1: we've got uh, i mean there are lots of promotional activities going on we've got the H- hello hong kong campaign of free free air tickets for visitors coming here uh lots of attractions on the on the waterfront um, <clears throat> what else do you think uh could be done jermaine to attract visitors
2: well um i mean right now what we are seeing right now is uh, uh we do see an increase in uh, tourists and all that, but are they really um, target audiences for the bar and nightclub industry? Probably not, because mostly they're families or they're just mm. coming to Hong Kong just to experience um, the the culture, the food, but not so much on um, the drinking culture mm. of mm. Hong Kong.
4: Mm. Right, so, yeah. a gin and tonic is a gin and tonic. <laughs> oh, wherever the bar is.
2: I <laughs> don't think gin and tonic is a family-friendly yes. <laughs> drink. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. yes. So yeah, like as much as we see, um, and we're happy that uh, to see that the Hong Kong government is doing a lot of um, things to attract tourism, but uh, a lot of the tourists are really coming um, with their families and stuff. So right. it's still <laughs> not um, particularly helping with the businesses that um, the bars and nightclub industry is seeing right now. So
1: you're, you're more reliant on the domestic market?
2: Really? Yeah? Uh, for, for the time being, so, yes. It's so, really on the domestic market. So I guess
1: the, the question remains, you know, how, to, how do we persuade, uh, you know, the local people to stay here and... Uh, <laughs> Spend the money here. Yeah,
2: that's our biggest challenge right now. Yeah, we can't lock them up again. <laughs> I don't think they'll be happy if we lock them up again. I think they would. Yes, We're going so.
4: back to we always eating and drinking at home.
3: Well, uh, for the catering industry, um, before COVID, every year we um, make uh, about uh, 120 billion uh, turnover. Um, but uh, nowadays we, well, if we can get uh, uh, close to 100 billion is already very helpful. Um, and um, you know when we see that uh, well we don't well we lost sixty uh, percent of our uh, number of tourists uh, coming to Hong yes. Kong, then how, how can we uh, attract uh, people coming here? Uh, instead of, uh, you know, if uh, the Hello Hong Kong uh, campaign um, can help to uh, boost the business and attract uh, tourists coming into Hong Kong, it's all right, it's good. But um, I, here I would also comment on uh, the measures um, launched by uh, the TIA, the, the Travel Industry Authority. Lately in May, they have a measure um you know uh, not allowing uh um you know to a group from mainland That's coming right. to uh, you know the, they can purchase things in one area but they cannot um eat in, the eat eat in the same area right I, you, on, I in that. the
4: same day that is absurd i thought that was rather Strange, it's a self-inflicted wound. If you're <laughs> shopping in Hong Kong, you can't eat in Hong Kong. You know, <laughs> if you're right. if you're eating in Shenzhen, you can't shop in Shenzhen. What was the rationale for that? And is it sustainable? I really sustainable?
3: don't know. I really don't know. It's unreasonable.
4: Are we going to lose more bars and restaurants as we go f- between now and the end of the year?
2: So um, a lot of bars, in order to actually. Um, While a lot of bars are in, uh, smaller bars are in survival mode. So we did see a trend of um, uh, bars changing into uh, restaurants and uh, just to stay um, in a competitive mode. And we can also see some restaurants also added um, some sort of. entertainment um facilities like karaoke and all that kind of stuff just to uh, make them more competitive and with that being said um it also changed the habit of uh people going to bars and nightclubs after dinner because they're more inclined to stay in these restaurants um because of the facilities that uh they can have at bars and nightclubs as well so um but back to the point about um how we can keep uh the industry flow. I think um, having more events, um, events like rugby sevens, that we can actually see um, tourism um, coming back, and then it actually helped uh, 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 support the businesses of bars and nightclubs. So I think having more of these events, these international events, do um, benefit us.
1: Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> We're going to take a a short break uh, for a news summary and and a couple of announcements, but we'll we'll continue the uh, discussion in about uh, three minutes' time. Um, A quick look at the weather first. So, uh, sunny periods today uh, with a few showers, isolated thunderstorms uh, at first, uh, hot, top temperature around 32 degrees, moderate east to southeast easterly winds. The outlook, uh, very hot with sunny periods in the next couple of days. The weather will become unsettled in the latter part. Part of this week. is currently 29 degrees, humidity 82%. New
0: summary with Ben Che. A 37-year-old mainland woman is appearing in court today, charged with abuse and neglect of her child. Her 12-year-old son was found at a public hospital in Yaomate earlier this month. The president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, is in the Philippines for talks with government and business leaders. It's the first visit there by an EU chief in nearly 60 years. And officials in northwest Pakistan now say at least 44 people were killed when a suicide bombing hit a rally organized by a leading Islamist party, Jamiat Umar islam Fazul. Up to 130 were wounded in the blast. I'll have more news at 10.00. Service. Download the contactless e-channel mobile app and complete the enrollment through I am Smart. Generate the QR code to enter an e-channel. Face the camera and perform facial verification. Immigration clearance Clear. is swift, contactless, and more hygienic. Fingerprint verification can still be used. Contactless e-channels leading a new way to the future.
2: The government has announced proposals on improving governance at the district level the Chief and Deputy Chief Secretaries for Administration will personally lead and coordinate district governance. People of different experiences and professions who are familiar with district affairs may enter district councils through various channels. District councils will focus on district affairs and collect and reflect public views to better serve the people. Improve district administration, build a better community.
4: You're listening to BatChat. Call us on 23388 266 and have your say.
1: And welcome back to Back Chat with uh, Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we're talking about uh, possible ways to uh, support the uh, restaurant and bar industry, which is uh, continuing to uh, have a few problems. Uh, We're joined, uh, well, in the studio with us, we have uh, Jermaine Lau, who's secretary of the Licensed Bar and Club Association of Hong Kong, and Simon Wong, president of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades. And also now joining us on the line, uh, Mark Chowelka. Uh, CEO and founder of Shore Hospitality, which uh, operates uh, the Salted Pig. Uh, uh, Mark Chuelka, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, so, what's the what's the picture like from your perspective?
5: Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, we we um, we are seeing our business uh, almost worse than it was during COVID seasons. Um. You know the the business is continuing to be flat, and we're not seeing any any significant rise in the last six months. Mm.
1: We 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 talked about um, um, local people uh, going to Shenzhen and other parts of the GBA, or 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 going overseas trips to you know Tokyo, Bangkok, and what have you. I mean, um, is that um, does that tally with your analysis of why people aren't uh, patronising local restaurants more and, and spending more here domestically?
5: What we're seeing is, you know, travel in general on uh, quite a large scale and quite often. Um, So if we would say that normally our businesses would see an upswing in sort of long holidays like Easter, Christmas, uh, Chinese New Year. But we're actually seeing a decline in those times.
4: But but Mark, is that going to be a permanent phenomenon or is that just the explosion of desire after the three year lockdown?
5: Uh, for sure, there's a, there's revenge travel in there. Uh, you know, I've done it myself. But I think you know. Secondly, to that is that uh, when people are traveling, they're spending a lot more on flights and accommodation, rental cars, etc. So it leaves less money in the pocket for general spending in Hong Kong.
4: What what do you see in the way of remedies? I mean, the financial secretary's urged us to be more creative. Um, and I think that's that's fair. We can't just leave it to the government. Um, what, what should businesses be doing?
5: Well, we're just trying to stay consistent with what we do. Um, you know, we, we offer different type of opportunities for guests to try to spend more. Um, but the reality in, in Hong Kong right now is that there's just less bums coming on seats.
4: Right. Simon mentioned before that people got out of the habit of dining in the evening because of all the practices of people closing the restaurants early. Um, What do we do to revive late-night
3: dining?
5: That is a very good question. I think, you know, once uh, people settle down in Hong Kong to their old ways, because in in the past, uh, you know, over the last three years, a lot of people were eating at home or entertaining at home. So I think people need to start you know, feeling comfortable and confident about going out into restaurants and feeling like they can get good value for money.
4: Yes, I think the value for money point is essential. Any other remedies appeal to you? Put the squeeze on landlords to be more reasonable with rent?
5: Well, that's always going to be the case. Uh, you know, if we, when we, are, we look at uh, rental as uh, you know, a significant part of our expenses, We're not seeing our rentals going down. In fact, we're starting to see them go up again, or at least that's the, uh, if you're in existing rents. Um, If you're trying to find new shops, you can probably negotiate a little bit better, but, uh, yeah, it's very, very difficult uh, working with the landlords.
4: Are we going to lose more restaurants and bars in the next six months?
5: I feel like it. Um, I know that if business doesn't start to swing upward you know we have uh, even a couple of shops of our own that are at risk
1: mm. oh, w- w- what's it going to take uh, let's put put this one to simon wong what, what what's it going to take do you think for uh <clears throat> to create an upswing in business uh w- when people have more disposable income is it, or is it is it sort of you know the economy in general has to improve first or what do you think
3: well, first of all, the economy um, has to be improved. This is uh, prime. And the second thing is uh, we need uh, to do a lot of things to retain uh, the residents uh, for Hong Kong uh, spending locally. Um, but uh, we're, well, uh, in July and August, uh, because this is summertime, Normally, our uh, catering business uh, uh, would boost uh, during this uh, month. Um, But when we see that uh, the business in uh, July for the whole month uh, has not been so promising, it's still uh, on the declining uh, side. So uh, we are... Well, kind of worried about the uh, rest of the year Um, because, uh, well, after August, we come to uh, September, which is not uh, a busy month for us. And then uh, afterwards, while the Christmas and also other uh, festive uh, activities are coming, Uh, of course, we will do a lot of things to attract, um, you know, uh, people. Uh, spending, including the local people, and if uh, the um, travel authorities can, um, you know, do some more things to attract tourists coming to Hong Kong, um, this uh, might help. Um, but for our industry, we're trying to, um, you know, uh, to get out. Uh, get get ourselves stay afloat. Otherwise, uh, we would sink. And then, what uh, what's going to happen? And uh, we are now trying our best to uh, trim our expenses on the operation. Um, right now, like before COVID, we employ in our industry. We employ about uh, two thousand uh, two hundred and sixty 260 to 280 thousand. Uh, staff in the industry but now uh, we only can keep about uh, 200,000 people in the industry this is a shortage of uh, at least 60,000 uh, employees in the industry. This is that's why our uh, although we don't have the the sufficient uh, business to help uh, the the restaurants to make profit. Uh, on the other hand, we have to pay a lot um, uh, of salaries uh, to the employees. Uh, right now, we you know we have to pay. Um, uh, more than sixty dollars per per hour, or even some occasions, uh, especially during banquet time, if we employ some temporary uh, waiter or waitress, we have to pay at least eighty to hundred dollars mm-hmm. per, per hour, or even some people um, uh, have to pay uh, more than hundred twenty dollars uh, per hour for. Uh, you know, uh, for for the temporary staff. Mm-hmm. So this is also another burden for the catering industry. Uh, you know, on one hand, we don't have the business. On the other hand, we have to pay um, high salary. I would say high salary in, in a way that we, we have to get uh, people into the industry. Otherwise, how can we serve people? But, mm-hmm. but have a, somebody must be...
4: Someone else out there in another industry must be paying those people. Um, <laughs> you're competing with them as well, aren't you? The airport yes. is, which we've discussed before on this show, the airport <laughs> having a lot of trouble getting back up to full operation because it can't get baggage handlers <laughs> uh, apart from... I'm not talking about high-skilled uh, work particularly. I mean, Of mm-hmm. course, pilots and uh, the crew on board and air traffic controllers, we all understand that those are highly trained, but... You know, with respect to baggage handlers, they're doing an important job, but they're not, uh, they don't need a PhD. No. Um, so, will, will when the schools go back after the summer holiday, will that help to anchor Hong Kong families in Hong Kong a bit? Because we, we're not going to lock them up. We're not going <coughs> to treble the train fare to Shenzhen just to try and discourage people from going.
3: Well, I I think only if uh, people um, uh, earn more and uh, if, um, you know, business recovered and if, uh, you know, this is also, you know, also a a chicken and egg issue. Because um, if you don't have the money, you don't want to spend. If you have the money, then you meet a lot of competitions. And...
4: (laughs) It seems that this this is going around, isn't it? He's right.
2: He is, he is, If people
4: feel better, they'll spend more and the business will be better and people will be happier and spend more. But if we're all depressed, <laughs> we're not spending and we're not doing business. Come on, Germaine, what's the, what's the answer?
2: I think we... Well, I, that's the million-dollar question, but um, I think we do have to wait and see for... Um, the next couple of months, and we have to wait until all the revenge traveling um, is, uh, once everybody is happy again um, with their traveling and all that, we have to see whether um, businesses will lift off after all the revenge traveling is over, I think.
4: Mark, when the, when do you think the revenge travel boom will run out of steam?
5: Uh, well, I think it coming to an end as far as like getting it out of their system Um, but I think there's another factor here too is that we lost this like a significant part of the the population in the last few years and I don't know if that's recovered at all so like the last I read there was you know 350,000 people left Hong Kong permanently and that seems to be uh, you know if that's the case that's 5% of the population.
1: We we mentioned uh, earlier the consumption vouchers. Uh, Simon was saying how there was a uh, a, a brief um, upturn in uptick in business. Um, Do you think we need, would it help if there was more of that? What do you think, uh, Mark Chowelka?
5: The consumption vouchers are definitely a great thing for Hong Kong spending anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Like right now, when you think, you know, interest rates are so high um every, all other peripheral expenditures are very high so anything to give relief is good mm. Mm.
3: well but, I, I, I do have some comments about the consumption voucher like uh, the last uh uh dispose uh disposal of the um, uh, 2000 uh, uh dollars per person on um, in middle of uh, july july 16th. Uh, yeah um, it did help uh, the uh, economy a little bit for uh, the first three days, uh, but afterwards uh, it be- became flat, you know, or even declining uh, in our uh, business recovery. Yeah,
4: I didn't get the second instalment, and quite a lot of people, I think, are in the same boat as me. I, I, incredibly, I spent. Two thousand nine hundred and twenty-seven dollars, not three thousand. So I'll get my two thousand in the middle of August, and I'll, I'll come to your barge, I mean, I'll come to your restaurant, Simon, and yes. do what we can. But
3: you should spend more.
4: I think quite a lot of people slightly underspend, and had the same thing on their octopus car.
3: Oh come on! You earn a lot, but you spend less. Yeah, <laughs> that's not fair.
2: Can't wait to have a drink with you once you get the remaining of your consumption pouch. Another two thousand. That sounds
3: like a plan.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, are there, are there any bright spots? I mean, for instance, Jermaine, uh, we talked uh, the other week, talking on the program, uh, a, a short topic on uh, uh, Hong Kong doing rather well in the top fifty best bars in uh, asia including uh, uh, i think eight hong kong had eight eight bars out the top including including the number one yeah
2: so, so i think um for hong kong uh we're doing great in terms of all these cocktail bars and speakeasies and mm. uh we do see a lot more of these uh bars and uh they're great um they do help attract um some sort of tourists just to oh. and also regain some sort of um an impression that Hong Kong's doing well in the nightlife, but uh, it's good to see that we're on the list. But whether it's um, helping the business, I think we'll see about that.
1: Yeah. Mm. Okay, all right. Well, thanks uh, very much to all of our guests. Uh, we have to uh, bring this part of the programme uh, to a close, but uh, thanks very much to Jermaine uh, Lau, Secretary there for the Licensed Bar and Club Association of Hong Kong. Thank you very much to Simon Wong, President of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, and to Mark Chowelka, CEO and founder of Shaw Hospitality, which uh, operates the Salted Pig. 95, 95 years, years
4: of public service broadcast. broadcasting,
3: stay tuned, stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hi, I'm Secretary for Housing Winnie Ho. Happy birthday to RTHK's 95th anniversary.
1: 95 years of public service broadcasting,
3: 95
0: stay tuned,
1: stay tuned with Hong Kong. With Hong Kong. And for the last part of this morning's program, we're going to turn our attention to the uh, visit to Southeast Asia by uh, Chief Secretary uh, John Lee. You remember, Chief uh, Executive. T- t- I, <laughs> <you're> quite, <laughs> sorry. Slip, Um, Yeah, Chief Executive John Lee, who was in Singapore last week and then uh, Indonesia and then Malaysia. Uh, We're joined now on the line by Eugene Tan, who's a political analyst and law professor at Singapore Management University. Good morning to you.
0: Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Mike. Thank you
1: Th- for having me. Yeah, thanks very much for joining us. Um, so it was a, a busy week for our chief executive, uh, John Lee. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, Singapore first, uh, then Indonesia, then Malaysia. Uh, the upshot was um, 33 bilateral uh, agreements. Um, um, various things uh, happening with uh, uh, length of uh, visa stays and so on. What's your, what was your assessment of uh, Mr Lee's trip to the region?
0: I think it was a very important trip, um, you know, for uh, Chief Executive John Lee uh, to make uh, to the region. I think it, it, it is a signal that Hong Kong is open to business uh, and that Hong Kong is keen, uh, you know, to strengthen ties with uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, and if you just pointed out, you know, the number of agreements uh, and memor- memorandum of understanding signed uh, does signify that you know this was not just. A visit that focused on form, uh, but there was the intent, uh, you know, on substance as well. Um, you know that as we move towards the post-COVID period, um, you know, it becomes important uh, in light of what's happening in terms of the global trade and investments. Um, you know that Hong Kong, you know, as an important business hub, trade for trade and investment as well. Um, you know that it takes the lead, you know, together with Singapore you know, to promote uh, ties between the two regions. So I think it, it, it was a very significant visit. Um, and, and I think that's important, uh, you know, to both Hong Kong uh, as well as to Southeast Asia. Mm.
1: Uh, in terms of Hong Kong and Singapore, I think there, were, there were seven uh, MOUs uh, signed uh, uh, covering um, uh, various uh, areas of, uh, of business and uh, cooperation. But I guess uh, the, the question still must be asked uh, can singapore and hong kong be both partners and competitors at the same time how does it work
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I think you know that's a question to be to be expected And, and i think it is a legitimate question i think you know what we often forget is that um you know hong kong and singapore are both global cities and 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 our two cities face very similar challenges uh, as I mentioned earlier about you know the challenges in terms of trade and investments, but I think more importantly, you know, Hong Kong and Singapore are hubs in our own respective regions, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about Hong Kong as a hub for um, Greater China, Singapore for Southeast Asia, you know, for whether we're looking at trade and investments, uh, opportunities, and all um, research and development, I think it becomes important, you know, for both cities. Uh, to cooperate. And and I think Chief Executive John Lee's visit is, is demonstrative of, of that. Um but I think we often forget, you know, that that competition is not a zero sum game. I think as both competition both cities seek to serve their respective hubs better, that makes both hubs even more attractive to each other. Um and, and so I, I would say that, you know, if you have competition without cooperation or cooperation without competition, I think things would be not in as good a situation as they could be. So I would say that the two go hand in hand, and and I think what's important is that the visit also demonstrates that it is possible, you know, to have very strong cooperation, but at the same time, you know, friendly mm-hmm. competition that helps both cities, you know, to raise their game.
4: Right. Do you think the visit by maintaining or uh, restoring good relations with these other countries? And will it help uh, our efforts to get into various trading organizations such as RCEP and so on?
0: I I think it does, right? I I think, you know, given that the Doha round has stopped, you know, for for close to two decades now, I think, unfortunately, it would mean, um, you know, that regional arrangements, uh, you know, like RSAP, you know, play a very important part, you know, in ensuring that we keep, Uh, trade and investment prospects high on the agenda Uh, and and so it is this regional cooperation you know that hopefully will stimulate uh you know the the incentive and impetus uh you know for for a global uh, trade negotiation you know but i think in the meantime cities like hong kong and singapore we pretty much don't have a choice you know we survive by being open to the world uh and and hong kong and singapore need to take the lead if we are to continue to thrive and prosper so the moment we shut our doors you know I, I think in a way uh, you know the pandemic has demonstrated I think we are all the worse off for it um, but now that you know the, the, the existential challenges is sort of in a way in, in the real view mirror I think it becomes imperative uh, you know for regional cooperation bilateral cooperation on trade investments um, civil service exchanges and all, you know, that, that all this that helps to build government-to-government ties as well as people-to-people ties, I think, will be very important, um, you know, in helping both our cities, you know, to continue to grow. Um, and in many ways, you know, the challenges that we face, as I mentioned earlier, you know, are similar. You know, we're not just talking about trade investments. You know, we're talking about population issues, um, you know, how, how, to, how to get young people to see that, that there's hope in, 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 our, in our cities and all. These are very similar challenges.
4: Right. So, if multilateralism is uh, stagnant for the minute, for various reasons, maybe regional cooperation can help. But um, what about the overall climate? Um, The two big uh, beasts in the world economy are China and the USA. Do we really need an improvement in them in the mood
0: there? Yeah, you know, I think that it's actually, you know, the in a way, you know, Singapore and Hong Kong um, has limitation as to what what we can do. Uh, in my view, you know, with regard to what's happening, you know, with um, on the China-U.S. Uh, rivalry, um, but I think it becomes important, you know, that despite these geopolitical challenges, um, cities like Hong Kong and Singapore, port cities like that, you know, continue. You know, to, to seek new opportunities, right? So, so both Hong Kong and Singapore have very long-standing ties, you know, because they, they, they date back to, you know, the, the, the British uh, administration, uh, you know, back in the, in the 19th century. And so these are very substantive ties, you know, that have been built up, you know, over, you know, the last two centuries. And, and I think, you know, it makes it easy, right, for both cities to work together. Um, And and I think, you know, in terms of outlook, uh, culture, um, openness to trade and investment, Hong Kong and Singapore are very similar. Uh, And and, and so I think, you know, it is precisely because of the geopolitical tensions that it becomes important for cities like Hong Kong and Singapore to chart, um, you know, their own path, right? Because if we wait, you know, for the rivalry or the tension to subside. Uh, then i think we you know many opportunities would have been oh, yeah. lost and mm-hmm. and that would be to the detriment of our two cities we don't want to be um, because so, so i would yeah. say that yeah
4: how about uh, any other places in asean you think uh, john lee should, could usefully visit i'm thinking vietnam maybe but thailand oh, philippines oh, I,
0: I, yes yeah, so I, I i would say that you know this is really the start you know and, and i think that your chief executive would have a good sense of you know the vibrancy of, of Southeast Asia and right? um, you know we, we have 10 uh, in states um, you know with it with the 11 being uh, timor Leste you know bound together by the, um, the regional grouping known as ASEAN the Association of Southeast Asian Nations and we're looking at you know 600 million a population of 600 million people um, and and it is likely that you know by the end of uh, by 2030, Right, ASEAN could generate about 600 billion US dollars in terms of of uh, output, economic output. Um, So, so there is certainly a lot that can be done, um, you know, between Hong Kong uh, and and Southeast Asia. You know, and I think here we are looking at Singapore, you know, positioning itself as as a gateway, um, you know, to Southeast Asia. And likewise, you know, for ASEAN economies, you know, that are seeking to. Widen their trade investment opportunities Hong kong you know becomes that gateway uh, to greater china you know so so i would say that there's tremendous synergy that 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 is still untapped uh and and hopefully uh you know notwithstanding the geopolitical tensions um mm-hmm. uh, you know both regions you know would be able to chart uh, right. their own path you know because I think that's important for the good of our of our people
4: but uh mous and goodwill and being friendly with each other they open doors they create opportunities now it's up to the business sector to get out there and turn those opportunities into reality
0: oh, oh definitely right I, I think you know the, the leaders um, chart the path right but but as you pointed out right the real hard work you know comes from the businesses right you know their the willingness to look beyond their comfort comfort zones you know to go into uh, you know, new new destinations. And, and so this is where I think, you know, Hong Kong and Singapore operating as gateways, uh, you know, can help businesses, um, you know, to transition, you know, to find their way, right? So in many ways, you know, Hong Kong can become that cipher, right, to, to businesses wanting to explore opportunities in greater China. And likewise, you know, for, for companies uh, in greater China that want to seek opportunities, uh, you know, in Southeast Asia, you know, Singapore can be that gateway, you know by which. you know the 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 matchmaking of of prospective business partners you know could be one way in which you know the two cities could work together. right. so so you're you're absolutely right. You know that in the end, you know the leaders can only promote you know trade and investment opportunities, but ultimately, you know businesses must believe you know that 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 there is good prospects. and so that is where. You know, I think following the visit, it becomes important uh, for our two cities, you know, to, to to go beyond, you know, the the MOUs and and, and bilateral agreements, um, you know, to to ensure, uh, you know, to put in place measures in which you know businesses can find it easy uh, to trade and to invest uh, in our two regions.
1: Okay, let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thanks very much for uh, speaking to us uh, on this morning's uh, program. Uh, that. <clears throat> Excuse me, that was Eugene Tan, a political analyst and law professor at uh, Singapore Management University. Um, thank you to our listeners, to uh, everybody who wrote in, um, and thanks very much uh, to you, Mike. As always always, on a, always a pleasure. <laughs> and we'll see, you, uh, we'll see you next Monday. Um, stay with us because uh, coming up in just a moment, we've got a new summary uh, followed by the brunch with
0: Noreen.